You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst case Elder scenario for here City for right more. here. And it's stopped! Yes! And it's stopped! Totally Matt redeems Elder. himself. <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself. Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. Then it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. Oh, oh, the it is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. We got it going bossa nova. We are over here drinking out of cups. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of UPSL Midwest West and NPSL North Champions, Minneapolis City SC. What an absolutely massive week for Minneapolis City, John. This is what all the suspense and the nerves and the excitement builds up to. Just trophies on trophies on trophies. And we are not even close to done for the summer. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, hi, Nate. It's been hi. too long. Hi, hi, friends, listeners, people who don't like us that still listen to the show. Um, uh, welcome we, back we after the holiday. What's that? We hate listeners? I, I be- Yeah, we do. We definitely do. Um, people, people definitely listening that don't get our humor, that don't like us, but want to hear us talk about them. So the narcissists across the <laughs> across the sidelines. Um, no, welcome back. Um, but speaking of people who don't like us what we sought out to do in the beginning of the year was to win trophies and we want to do it with both teams we didn't want to like top heavy the mpsl team we wanted to make sure that we were spreading the we had quality across all of our teams including the futures program so the trophies are have come and that's probably why people don't like us because it's like we're not trying to be conceited here we put a ton of hard work in to build a quality program and this is the fruits of our labor and it just happens to be that it was for the MPSL team it was with two it was with games in hand left in the in the um in the table and then for the UPSL team it was they're 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 clawing out wins in the playoffs and we'll talk about some of that here in a, in a bit today but happy to be back the 100 proof bourbon is just flowing through our veins uh, we're going to talk today about the, we had a packed show, the UPSL playoff run, like I talked about, is in full swing. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the playoff picture because now we're, we're, we're talking about maybe some things outside of our conference. So uh, Nate's going to do a good job, but he does a good job of those, those, those runarounds. So um, we'll do the Aerith recap <laughs> if we really need to, um, the, the Duluth recap, and then we'll do the spin around that the, the patented Nate Morales MPSL North spin around. And then we'll talk, we got a game on Saturday. We'll talk the the joy of the people, Joy Athletic, um, St. Louis Park preview match uh, from this Saturday. So let's just get into it, right, Nate? That's right, man. So MC2 is in the playoffs. Uh, It's been an interesting season for MC2. Uh, We've talked about it a few times. After getting their feet wet in that, you know, their first UPSL game with that draw against Inner Minneapolis, it's kind of been like a one-way rocket for, uh, you know, up for Coach Prunty and his bunch, um, <clears throat> the Prunty bunch. Uh, but we we also have talked, you know, about this multiple times, Nate, you know, uh, among those those wins that they've gotten in this conference, um, which they've gotten uh, quite a few of, there's kind of yet to be that complete game where, like, the, the, the players that have been called in, the, the Prunty 352 or the 343 that he's kind of been de- deploying, um, has kind of all clicked for like 90 minutes. It's been like spurts of like 60 minutes, 80 minutes, but never that full 90 where it's just like that dominating fashion, unless it was against a team that was of lesser value. Uh, but this team and its deep roster, plus a lot of futures call-ups that have been in and out, has just found ways to win. And that's what champions do. They just find ways to win. Um, we, I mean, would you agree that it's just that there hasn't been that complete game yet, but we're, we're kind of waiting for it it's it's just kind of materializing into like maybe clicking at the right time in the playoffs. Yeah, and I'll tell you, John, even in that first game, that draw against Inter, when it looked like we were doing pretty pretty well, and then we just definitely got uh, manned uh, out of that out of that victory. I think you know that what was that guy's name? Um, 
Zach Luke Levine. Michael or something like that. <laughs> Michael Levine. Michael Levine. Zach Levine. The Michael, yeah. Michael Levine, uh, you know, basically took that took that victory away from us. And in that game, I thought, man, this this city squad looks young and small and potentially unable to compete in this in this league. But adjustments were made, and the boys grew up. And here we are, like undefeated, only wins since then. Really, really impressed by this by this young group of guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, you, you say we're young, but we do have a veteran presence on the team. I mean, mm-hmm. Mitch Wolf has been a constant. Abai has been a constant. Derek has been a constant. You can call Cole a veteran because he's just he he just has that that presence about him. Um, you know, and, and you're sprinkling in also some players that have been with us either in a, a development capacity or a U23 capacity, guys like Adam King, Mills, sure. um, Abdi. Um, so it, it's not, it, yes, they're young in age, but they're, they're, they're veterans in the club, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but since, since our last show, we beat FC Minneapolis. And uh, honestly, I don't think there's a real reason to talk about that one. <laughs> we beat them in the playoffs um, to, to put us into, I believe it was called the conference tournament playoff. I don't even know what it was. Uh, I don't anyways, understand. We, I don't understand it either. We, we, we <laughs> when you get through, we get through this, we'll find out that we've won the conference <laughs> twice. Um, yeah, it totally feels like it. <laughs> it, it totally feels like it, but we had a conference playoff. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, um, so again, there's really no reason to talk about the FC Minneapolis game, uh, three, two win. Um, the only thing really to note is, uh, in that win was the loss of MC two co-captain Derek Holman, who broke his collarbone when he scored the game tying goal off of the ball, ball bouncing off the crossbar on a full bicycle kick, uh, landing on his, his shoulder, breaking his clavicle, knocking himself out actually for a little bit, a little bit of a scary situation. But um, I, I saw him last night at the game. It looks to be uh, getting fully recovered. And if we continue to make a run in the playoffs, uh, potentially coming back. So despite his injury, that play in itself, we have it, it We have it on video. So it's definitely – he's etched himself in the, the, the city history books for that one. Yeah. So, so get well soon, Derek. Uh, we hope to get you back on the field soon. Uh, but the big game, Nate, this week for the Rookery w- was when they faced Granite City, whom they bested two to one earlier in the year, all the way up in St. Cloud. Um, but I was on hand for for this 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 championship, and it, let me tell you, man, it was a wild ride of a game. It was <laughs> it, it had all the things. Um, it had it had yellow cards. It had it had a Darbaki. Um, what? Kareem, yeah, Kareem was it was the head coach of Granite City. Oh, there is. Yeah, there was a Darbaki in the mix. There was, um, there was, um, and and he's coaching now up there. Yeah, and and you know what? I I will say this. Um, you can tell. You know, we we've seen Kareem play and and how much quality he has on the field, um, for multiple years, and you can see it translate into the team that he he puts out. And um, you know, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, there was a Darbaki sighting. Um. We there was a good crowd out. It was uh, it was a good night. A bunch of the uh, MPSL players made the the, the trip to uh, Park Center High School to watch uh, the match before training. So it was it was a good it was a good night. But um, as far as the game goes, starters uh, Mitch Wolf and goal Will Orser, Ethan Anderson, and L- Logan Huber coming back from his red card suspension in the back line with uh, your man the streets or um, the mean street <laughs> the mean streets. Um, <laughs> And uh, Luke Lindsay as wingbacks, Scotty Heinen at the six, Abai Habat and McRae Drong in the middle with Cole. And then uh, the, the man who's caught lightning in a bottle, literally, uh, Jacek Nikowski um, making the start. Um, as far as the bench goes, Adam King, Archie Jerdrum, Eric Smits coming back from his uh, from Northwestern. Um, he's a they have a they're in trimesters, so yeah, so they it, start late. This the same thing happened to Sam Forsberg, right, in our first yeah. season. Yeah, the the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> One really great game. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Eric came in late. Uh, Stephen Wright, Nick Zakowski, Jacob Popkin, uh, <clears throat> Abdi Kadi, uh, Adnan Jilb, and Big Ben Schleeman were your uh, your guys off the bench. Uh, so when when we recap the last matchup, we talked about how out of all the teams we faced um, in this first year in the UPSL, Granite City was the one that actually like put the ball down and played and defended well and, and went toe to toe with us. And that's kind of what I was alluding to before is like, you can tell that, um, that Kareem Darbaki as their, as their manager, like 
has trained them well and and they play a lot of a lot of a similar style to what the twin stars played um but very possession focused which is kind of what he, what he did right um mm-hmm. he always wanted to be on the ball was always in a dangerous position and you can kind of see how he put his best players in positions of strength like he used to be when he was on the field um <clears throat> so you know it was it wasn't any different than the last game it was it was back and forth it was uh it, it was it was toe to toe but the rocks that's what they go by the granite city oh, rocks oh for real yeah they came that's- out they came out like hell on fire and they pressed us full on, which, which left about like the first eight to 10 minutes, mostly in the city half. Uh, and that, that's not, that's not like an over-exaggeration. The ball was literally in our half. We were defending um, and, and really just trying to weather the storm until we could find our legs to like get possession of the ball. Um, they moved the ball. Well, had some great bouts of some individual play. They have a couple really good individual um, players on their team. Um, and just for putting it all out there from the jump. So it was kind of nice to actually see that because I've been to a handful of the of the City 2 games this year. And, you know, you have as well because you you called them. You know, it was a lot of, you know, like long ball, a lot of fouls. Um, you know, this game was different. It was two teams that were just wanted to go out and play and then yeah. and, 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 and best their opponent instead of trying to just lump balls forward um so offering really nothing but a few direct balls of our own um the rookery fought real hard to keep that clean sheet um but it was the rocks uh of granite city who struck first a really nice kind of five six pass sequence kind of moving the ball around switching the field uh from the left side to the right side and then they slotted the ball back to the penalty kick spot uh, which found the granite city forward and he slotted home a nice clean finish and then in the first 15 minutes of the game uh, Granite City is up 1-0. And at that point, I think that was the wake-up call that the team really needed. Uh, we began to kind of finally grab some bits of possession, kind of do what we do best. Um, and that led to uh, a, a few of our own dangerous attacks um, that were thwarted by a, a very steady Granite City goalkeeper. Uh, but in the 20th minute, a penalty was awarded. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure who was brought down. I, I had my son Gus with me, so I was trying to make sure he didn't fall off the stands. Um, so I, I missed I, I missed who got swiped down in the box, but Captain Abai Habat stepped up, um, hit a low hard shot to the keeper's right side, was saved. So uh, a great opportunity from a scoring perspective there, um, and one zero to the Rocks, and it was starting to feel like Nate, like damn that that goddamn it moment where you know we've had those multiple times throughout the years. Where we're just like today just might not be our day. So yeah. the teams, the teams kind of traded first half punches. Uh, then there a quick counterattack. Um, I mean, counterattacks really finding Jason and Cole was really providing our best chances, and and boy did it ever as Cole Schwartz got, was able to get on the end of a um, of a long ball, and um, it, I mean, seconds before the final whistle blew, the dagger um, he scored right before halftime um and and our first half was a ended as a one-to-one thriller that's uh, that's pretty stunning john and i think that one of the things that is important to note is this really was the first game for mc2 where they were put under that kind of pressure from the get-go well i mean right i think uh, there were a number of inter scored first fc minneapolis scored first but those both of those games felt like it was kind of an unlucky happening or happenstance. Yeah. I don't mean like, I don't mean like pressure because we got scored on first. I mean, pressure because we were literally being put under pressure. Like we said, we had almost no possession in our own attacking third for, for a long, long period of time, which is pretty rare. Yeah. It very rare. Um, So yeah, after the break, we'll we'll just call it the Jacek Nikowski chapter of the game. (laughs) there was really not, nothing of substance um, other than some fantastic Mitch Wolf saves to keep the, the game, keep, keep us in the game tied at 1-1. Um, we went into extra time and some subs came off the bench midway through the second half and, and then a few others kind of layered on during overtime. Uh, and that was the right formula for Prunty. They gave City more possession, more numbers forward, and the problems that we were causing Granite City started to get to the point where they didn't have the firepower to quickly solve them. And they started getting slower on trying to figure out how to defend us. Mm-hmm. And the chance, the chances kind of started to, to meticulate second half sub Adam King found a ball off a, of a short corner 
And, and as everyone was kind of more worried about him on the cross, it kind of shifted Granite City to the ball. And he was able to chip a ball back post. And Jason Nikowski kind of just found himself alone and was able to nod home uh, th that cross two to one in the first um, first portion of overtime. Um, <laughs> some people thought it was golden goal, so everyone was celebrating. Oh. And it was like, nope, we still got nope. a lot to play. A lot of time. A lot play. of time to play. Um, <clears throat> so then again, 10 minutes left in the second half of, uh, of overtime. Nick Zikowski, who came off the bench, uh, ripped the ball off of a Grand City player on a great tackle and placed a perfectly weighted ball, I would say maybe 30 yards um, into, into the space between the two center backs who had been pressuring and the goalkeeper who was on his line and it wasn't quick enough to come off of it to, to clear that off. Um, Jason got on the end of it, went around the goalkeeper with his first touch, and from literally an impossible angle, I don't know how he found the back of the net, he did the, uh, in the open goal, three to one, and that locked up whatever you want to call this, the Midwest title. Um, uh, but whatever it is, we won two title, two Midwest titles in, in one in one two-week stretch. And that sends the rookery to the Sweet 16 of the national playoffs in the UPSL in their first season. Yeah, this makes no sense to me, John, because, <laughs> because in the UPSL Premier Division, right, we are uh, we are in the Midwest West Conference or yes. whatever. Right. And so like finishing top of that table, you'd think, oh, we won the Midwest West title. And then the playoffs start. Mm -hmm. And then we play two other teams from our from our same conference that um, <laughs> in order to win the conference again. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, we got two trophies out of it. So. All right. I, I, I mean, I, this I, league is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it. I, I literally have no no explanation for it. So, anyways, um, as far as what's up next for the UPSL playoffs, the playoff action continues this weekend as most teams look to punch a ticket into the UPSL Premier Division Sweet 16. I believe we're the first ones in. Us um, and another and one other team way down yeah. there that had played a playoff already. Um, but up next for us is the winners of the Iowa Raptors Detroit United game. Uh, beyond that, we're looking at playing teams from maybe New York or Massachusetts. So uh, potentially, I mean, we have a decent enough record. Maybe we host. Um, who knows? Or maybe we're on the road. Um, but that's that's all TBD as we see some games unfold this weekend. <clears throat> yeah, farther down on our, our side of the bracket, uh, you know, you've got who in the hell is that? Cal Kalanji Pro Profile. Uh, played LSA Lemano. I have no idea who these these teams are, uh, but they're in the same bracket as like Miami Beach, uh, Florida Tropics, places like that. So we got to assume that they're southeastern teams, and we're going to yeah, be playing. Yeah, there's a there's a UMass United Rush. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll probably be playing yeah. in our section, like more Midwest and north northeastern teams, mm -hmm. uh, and eventually running into those southeastern teams. But uh, I think locally. We can say that the UPSL is decidedly more lower tier than the NPSL. The UPSL could look totally different in all these other regions, couldn't it? We really don't know anything about how the how the league looks in the Northeast or the Southeast. Well, yeah, I mean, you're looking at the the strength of the other Midwest, the Midwest East Conference, where you where the Iowa Raptors came out of. I mean, you're looking at like the Bavarians are in that they did not qualify. The Milwaukee Serbians, like there's some good teams out of Chicago. So it's it, it, there's Decal uh, no Decal's in um, in the uh, the Midwest Premier League or whatever that's called. Um, but yeah, there, there's really there's really good teams that did not make the playoffs that would have really put us to the test if they were in our conference. Yeah. So so now is the time to strap on the big boy pants because we're gonna have to face some teams that are probably uh, you know at the end of the day decidedly better than what we we faced, like you noted. Yeah, for sure. And I think there are going to be some narratives coming up too, John, in this in this playoff run that are really important to touch on, and I want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, first, Yasik, Jasik, however you want to say it. Yeah, I mean, come yeah, on. yeah, we'll call him Yasik. We really we really yeah. struck gold with this kid. Like, uh, you know, you first saw it as he scores a hat trick in the first half in that outing in the in the final home game for MC two. Uh, he has come on huge in the two playoff games uh, for MC two. 
what a, I don't know, like I said, what a way for, for the team to strike gold in this what, high school kid, right? No, he, he is um, going into a sophomore year in college. So um, he, so he, I believe he's 19. Oh, um, okay. Uh, or he, he will be 19. Um, he, he, so either way, he's in his first year, year and a half of college. Um, went to Old Dominion University. He's from Wisconsin, but ended up moving to Minnesota to go to, uh, as a, tra- uh, a transfer to St. Thomas. So what we're finding in this situation is... I think it's Oral three- Roberts, John, by the way. I talked or- to uh, yeah, Prunty about it. Yeah, yeah, Old Dominion's in Virginia, Oral Roberts. Yeah. Uh, decidedly <laughs> elsewhere. Yes. Uh, thank you for the correction. Um, either way, we're starting to see the, the fruits of the... Um, <laughs> of the 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 movement out of the Mayak and in division one for St. Thomas because we're getting a player like like Yasek coming in and and being able to contribute started out with the futures program because we didn't necessarily have uh, a roster spot higher up on the senior teams but then when you when you start to see him play you're like he absolutely belongs Um, a little bit smaller in stature um, but the guy can just find the back of the net. Um, I believe he is the all-time leading goal scorer in Wisconsin high school state history. So the guy, the guy can score goals, and we've seen it happen. But like I mentioned, when he first came onto the scene, it's very similar to what we found with Eli. When Eli came in with the U23 squad, uh, when he got back from uh, from from Europe um, in Spain, where he was he was training before he ended up um, going to uh, New Hampshire. Like we found lightning in a bottle two years ago with him, and now we have it with with MC2 with Yasek. So um, yeah, I mean he's super fun to watch. I mean he played all 90 minutes, and all for all 90 minutes he was active up top and chasing balls down and and going at defenders and really really fun to watch and and a player that I'm looking forward to seeing you know in for a few more years uh, for Minneapolis City. You. Yeah, you love to see it, and I think he is the thing that's making this next point feel a little better. Derek Ullman out probably until uh, potentially if we make the finals. I mean, that's the time frame, right, into yeah. August. How missed is it going to be to have a, a presence like a veteran presence like Derek Ullman? You said the guy played for years abroad in Australia, uh, shows up and and really is the you know the glue that holds the attack together, able to drop back and play that false nine deeper into the midfield, able to, able to get more advanced and really find that, find that lane through the, through the defenders. Smart player. Going to miss him. Well, I, first thing I'll note is in your show notes, I love how you, you wrote down Ullman recovering from bike accident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, great way to put it. Um, no, he, he, I, I think he is missed because you know what what you don't get is the is the the activity from a strike partner that that Derek might have been when he was a, a few years younger as the oldest player on the team. But what mm-hmm. you do, but what you do get is that that cerebral been there before type player who is able to do certain things. Um, with his movement and his mind that other players aren't thinking about because maybe they're ball watching. So a- a having that forward who's active, but maybe not like as active as a Yasek, um, and finding spots to get the ball, but also being able to put the ball in the back of the net when he gets, you know, one to two chances a game and one of those is going in, maybe two is going in. Um, you need that presence. And that's why we brought Derek in is to, mm-hmm. is to be that guy. So I think he's going to be missed, but, but what you won't miss is him, his presence being there uh, on the sidelines, being able to, to be that, that, you know, that, that uh, extension of the coaching staff uh, and, and the guy who's, you know, getting behind the, the, the guys that are able to be on the field because he can't. Sure. Uh, and then finally, John, role players, we got to talk about this as we start to run up against even more unfamiliar competition. It, it in, in the past, I get it. It's all been unfamiliar to to us in this season, but we need to know who who are the players that really have delivered and proven they can deliver in those kind of low information, high pressure situations, and who's ready to provide that spark in the final push here in this in this next month. Well, I I point to uh, to two specific players. Uh, one being um, Jacob Popkin, it being a futurist call up. I know he's not getting the minutes he probably wants, um, but 
to have the ability of a player like that who's naturally left-footed, who is is so attacking-minded from a central midfield perspective, like being able – and I, I know why he's being deployed the way he is by Coach Prunty. I, I can totally see it. He he's 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 the reserve tank where you yeah. can put him in when you know you need you need him to to execute. And I'll even go back to like in year in year one when we had Ryan Camerata, um, who was uh, a Carlton grad, grew up playing with Tim Wills and and Big Game James um, in college. He was that guy for Coach Kicker who he knew we could bring him off in short periods of time. And he was mm-hmm. also the guy that I deployed when I was coaching the open cup team. It was like, yes, I know you can start, but if we need to bring off a play or bring on a player who can immediately provide an offensive spark and can control a game, if, if we need, need to, you're that guy, that's your role. So I, I think Jacob is, is definitely one. And I think that you could add an, any number of some of the attacking players. I mean, Adam King has come on multiple times when he used to be a starter on the U23 team, come off the bench and just provided that spark. You look at Nils, same thing. Um, he can come off the bench and, and, and provide something, something for you. And I think defensively, you look at, you know, not having – um, you know, Wes Lawrence, who's now able to come back. You got the streets are the mean streets mm-hmm. um, coming in from the features program as well. Um, so there's a lot of different players. I think anyone really across the bench, you look at Nick's account. I mean, the whole entire bench is a game changer. And, and I think that uh, Coach Barney's done a really good job of getting them in, into games. But you, you may look at some of those players being the ones that are going to be called upon if, if things kind of don't go our way against some of these other teams. Sure. Nice. Well, playoffs are playoffs are in full effect, and we'll get more news as far as who the UPSL team MC2 is going to be playing as this first round completes. And where. <laughs> yeah, and where as this first round uh, completes this weekend, July 10th and 11th. So shifting gears to the NPSL team, I uh, had a game against the Cross Heiress uh, a little over a week ago, and, and I'm going to be completely honest, not a ton really to talk about in this match other than the fact that it was a three, nothing victory. And, and I think city never really got out of second gear. Um, the deck was shuffled a bit uh, with some changes to the lineup that saw a number of players start to get back into the mix from a starter's perspective. You had uh, uh, Matt elder of Dalabah, Jonah Garcia, AO miles, Stockman Willis, Sam Ruiz Plaza, Dominic Mezgin, Eli, uh, Arthur parents, Nick Hutton and Kevin Andrews across the front three. And then uh, on the bench, you had Troy, Max Kent, Ian Smith, uh, Cole Schwartz getting the call up from City 2, um, Mac, uh, <clears throat> Max Stiegwart, Jack Berry, and Gatto uh, rounded mm-hmm. it out. <clears throat> yeah, wonderful, John, to see some of the old crew out there that we've really been missing uh, due to injury. It was kind of funny up in the booth. We're talking, you know, I was talking to. Kyle Eliason about this that like this was a the, the team we tried it out would have been a really good team plus a couple prospects in 2019 right, <laughs> right. and and now they're the guys that are on on the men hoping to get some recovery minutes against against bottom of the table heiress so I would have uh, taken this, gotta feel would, good about that right I would have taken this roster to Detroit if we could have right I mean between Hutton and Eli you got to be excited about the embarrassment of riches that that is, we're provided here in the, the last chunk of the season and going mm-hmm. into the playoffs, given they've got fresh legs and now they've got a fire to really step in and contribute. And you saw that in the Ares game and you really saw that in the, in the league game. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as the game goes, don't need, like I said, don't need to talk a ton about it. Um, Nick Hutton coming off injury, super active early. Um, he got a great ball in from Eli. And what we were taught, what Eric and I were talking about on the broadcast was that the the partnership between Eli and Nick Hutton in 2019 was really what was our driving force to end the season and then move into the playoffs as they combined quite a bit. Um, so mm-hmm. they connected mm-hmm. on, on a, a great ball in from Eli and, you know, just outside the box Hutton unleashed a first time left footed shot. It was very uh, classic Hutton of old. Uh, the goalkeeper had not really nothing he could do with that one, giving the Crows the lead and, and opening up the scoring in the 20th minute. <clears throat> then Arthur Parents followed up with uh, another one in the 31st. 
on uh, some great hustle by Nick Hutton to keep the ball alive in, in the Aris defensive third. Um, and he had the chance to score pass that up, very unselfish, crossing the ball um, and not completing his brace to slot the ball just in behind the goalkeeper and the defense. Um, and, and Arthur was on the back post and just waiting for the tap. And actually, there were three players in the back post unmarked that were uh, <laughs> ready for the tap in. Yeah, um, could have been anyone. It could have really been one of three. It could have been Kevin. It could have been Eli, but it was Arthur. Um, at that point, Nate, it was like 80%, 80% possession for City and clearly just chilling on a hot on a hot day. The game was really locked up, I believe, after that first Hutton goal. There was no way. Ares did not have anything threatening going forward that would have caused us any concern. Um, and the second half was really just the Eli going through a training exercise, just getting on the ball a ton. Um, and that paid off and, and we'll call it an Eli goal, but it was, it was written down as a, as an own goal as he had a little bit about a um, individual play and, and the ball uh, shot deflected off a defender and went in. Um, mm-hmm. And there we were nine and oh, ready for the real match of the week that we'll, we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah. I think smart play in that second half as we were, you know, foot off the gas, just trying to make sure that the team stays healthy. I think we saw that similarly play out in 2019 as we didn't, we don't want to risk overexerting or didn't want to risk any sort of um, any sort of situations that maybe put the players in a compromising position and, and, and injured them. So really great, great to get the win. Of course, really great that everyone stayed healthy, especially coming off of their injuries. So really happy about this one. Keys to victory, John, you laid them out. And I think we, we worked them pretty well. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, me being the realist here in the room, Nate, I think number one, playing to our potential. I don't think that we did. Um, if we were to play to our potential, that game is 10, 10, nothing, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe seven, eight, nothing, um, pushing potentially into, into double digits, fair. but uh, which is fair to say, but we did enough. And I think that we, there were, there was a lot of good play across the board from a lot of players. It just wasn't that we, we didn't, we didn't fully light up a score sheet like we probably should have and could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll say on that one, we fell down a little bit, but Second one was playoff job interviews. I think that there were plenty of players that <clears throat> that were in the the starting lineup and that came off the bench that really really did put themselves into the conversation for potentially getting one of those coveted playoff roster spots. I thought that Samo played really well in the midfield. Started out as the defensive center midfield and then midfielder and then ended up as the attacking center midfielder by the end of the game. Um, yeah. due, due to some substitutions that came in. I thought that AO played really solid in the back. I thought that Hutton obviously played well and, and Eli, you know, we're going to talk about him in a second in the next game recap. Um, but I, I think that those guys all did, did what they needed to do. And then the final thing is clean sheet. We got that. So, um, so there we, there we go. Nine and yeah. oh. That's right. So John, next up, like you mentioned, is, is was the Duluth game on Wednesday the 30th and I always get nervous for a Duluth game it is the most <laughs> you, you even match it, yeah to. it it's the most even matchup traditionally and city has been surprised stunned even by them in the past in games we thought were very winnable I mean I think back to our playoff game in the MPSL playoffs against Duluth where we went in fairly confident and just got played out of the out of the park that that really well, sucked. The hand the handball call was. I mean, <laughs> it didn't start well with the uh, with the jewelry issue too. Where we started ten, we started a man down because someone oh, could yeah. get their damn earrings out of their head. So no, their that really nose. Sucked. No, it was a nose. That's ring. what it was. Nose ring. Nose ring. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll I mean, never, it, I will never forget Adam going. Uh, someone go to Walmart and get me a pliers. I'm ripping <laughs> that fucking thing out. <laughs> I will tell you, man. Uh, you know, a home game for Duluth. Something to prove after their earlier loss uh, just a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> Plus, they're they're chasing a playoff spot, so there is a lot for this team to play have played for on Wednesday. Well, they're Could they're you... potentially chasing a, a conference title at that. Point. Yeah, I mean, if they if they if they start if they start winning and they beat us and they put us into kind of a down sprint, they could have yeah. they could they could have overtaken us. Could you have even fathomed when you woke up that Wednesday that we would have been looking at a six goal city performance in what was Probably the most convincing destruction of that team to date. Uh, no, no, a- absolutely <laughs> not. I, I, I'm still wondering if it was real, Nate. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I watched it on on TV, but I, I, I no, I, I don't. But 
you know, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit. So I, I won't let any of the gold slip that we're going to drop here in a second. <laughs> All right. Um, for real. But as far but as far as starters go, we uh, kind of went back to the the group that we 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 kind of have been riding all season um elder and goal mirakami max kent jack barry making the start um instead of jonah garcia uh <clears throat> across the back line but we've seen jack have some really good performances in the back line uh charlie adams making his return so that that original kind of cent- central pair uh, defensive pairing kind of making its way back in ian smith and Max Stegard getting back in, and then Eli really playing his way into that game, uh, and then your front three of Lionel, Medu, and Will Kidd. Uh, and then as far as the bench goes, Troy, uh, Jonah Garcia, Miles Stockton-Willis, Nick Hutton playing his way in, Kevin Andrews, Aiden O'Driscoll, and then the Duluth killer, traditionally, uh, just waiting for his chance off the bench was uh, Justin Oliver. Yeah, the Duluth killer, the 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 Duluth whisperer or <clears throat> screamer, I guess one way or the other. So I think, I think John, you we watched in different time or different cities. You in 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 Milwaukee and me in Minneapolis at Budapest. But my nervousness, I, I I suppose like everyone else's out there, was at like a fever pitch when Duluth came out of the gates with a threatening bout of play that led to a second minute goal by midfielder Aiden Hill. Simply shocking. And for the next 20 minutes, I was hating soccer. He was able to uh, <laughs> to put one in off of a, off of a, a ball that was played in the crossbar. Yeah, went off the crossbar. He was able to bump, uh, pop it in afterwards on the rebound. Really sucked. And soccer was awful. But thankfully, Jack Berry was able to nod up the score literally with a really nice header uh, that was scored off of, a, off of a corner kick that ended up kind of bouncing around the domes of defenders and crows alike and finally jack berry finds himself on the receiving end of that and is able to head that one in and we went into halftime the combo goal from our two center backs went max kent to jack berry yeah header from kent back into the box playing you know re you know playing that ball back in and berry is able to uh i don't know how that i don't know how he got behind it but that went off the front of his like basically off of his forehead directly into the net it was really really uh, a nice bit of positioning on his part so we go into halftime tied 1-1 and feeling what relieved yet confident i think we settled in for the half and we were providing the more dangerous opportunities in that last part of the half too i believe the, the game at that point should have been 2-0 to minneapolis city <clears throat> i thought that the the goal for duluth actually was offside uh, i've gone back and watched it multiple times i mean the the ball that was struck by Sydney Warden that hit the crossbar mm-hmm. kind of felt like elder could have got a hand on it and maybe push it over the crossbar. But it, mm-hmm. it, anyways, it, it hit the crossbar. And then there was literally two Duluth players just standing right there and in behind the back line. So I thought that one was offsides, but obviously, you know, the referees did not think so. Um, <laughs> as I'm screaming at my television in, in my parents' television in Wisconsin. Um, and I also thought that the offsides call, that we got that goal disallowed uh, where they, they called Eli offsides. He was not offsides. So <clears throat> to talk about what you mentioned, like what were we relieved yet confident? I was confident that the goals were going to come in the second half because that's traditionally what we've done this year. Um, but I felt that it should have been a, it should have been a different scoreline at halftime. Yeah. I mean, city came out in the second half hungry, right? Feeling mm-hmm. probably pressure uh, like they'd been, like they'd been done wrong. And they were looking to do more of the same, right? That pressuring at control possession. They picked their spots. They were finding places to stretch Duluth. And then, John, in the 53rd minute, in a moment that's going to go down in city lore, Duluth gave the gift that just kept on giving for another (laughs) 40 minutes of soccer. Goal scorer Aiden Hill, who was dribbling right to left on the attack, really took a just a little bit of a heavy touch. And you could tell the ball was going to get away from him. Will Kidd tracking back to help on defense as tirelessly as ever, right? That's part of the reason we love Will Kidd. He is just as tenacious coming back to help that, that, that he is going forward. He was in a position to gobble up that, that heavy touch. And rather, mm-hmm. than risk, rather than risk losing the ball or give the ball up, Hill opts for a two-footed slide tackle uh, into the ball that upends Kidd and earns him his second yellow of the game. So Aiden Hill... Goal scorer from the second minute gets sent <clears throat> off. Down to 10 men, Duluth was in trouble, and City went to work. 
So uh, I'll be honest. I thought that Aiden Hill's first yellow card was a straight red card. It was, it was, he had no business leaving his feet on that one because he wasn't even involved in the play. Um, But it was, it was awarded the yellow, the yellow card on, on the second one. I can see where that was called the yellow card. Um, But I think it was more of a, less of a reckless tackle and more of Will Kidd just doing the veteran old man move where he just knew if I, if I just stop right now, this guy's going to destroy me because he's going full <laughs> steam and he, and that's what he did. And then he just took the brunt of the challenge and he was actually, Will Kidd was actually the one that took the brunt of, of Aiden Hill's first yellow card. I believe um, you call that putting your body on the line. Yeah, absolutely. Totally putting your body on the line, taking the charge in the paint, Nate. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think that you're 100% right. It was the gift that, that that gave back because from that point on until coach Sean Morgan made a tactical subs- a tactical change from a formation perspective and a few personnel changes, it was total dominance. And then even mm-hmm. after that change, the damage had already been done. Yeah, I mean, two goals from Eli Goldman uh, after he – Got a little warm up against Aris. He was on fire against Duluth. Oh, all goals. over the place. Man of the match yeah, for sure. For sure. Two goals in the 60th and the 72nd minute. Really put City comfortably up, and they it, that seemed to break Duluth's spirits. The defense decided to take the rest of the night off. And another goal each from Nick Hutton, from Steve. A rare No, it was, uh, Kevin, visit. It was, Kevin, it was Kevin Andrews. Steve it was okay. Yeah, Steve's yeah. on the Steve's on the score sheet. Uh, yeah, he'll on take it. <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll take it. It was Kevin. And uh, Aiden O'Driscoll, they make that embarrassment complete. And with that, John, another cup was in our hands. That's two or three in, in a week, <laughs> depending yeah, on how you're counting. Two, week, two weeks, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these Duluth games are are so often the ones that go down in history. This one should not be much different, John. Your reaction? Um. Well, okay. So totally, I, I, I'm a soccer realist. And if you listen to the show, you know that. I, I never want to see a team go down a guy playing against us because I want to be able to go out go at a team full strength. Yep. Losing Aiden Hill, who I think is a fantastic player, it really sucks for Duluth because they, they do have players off their bench that can perform in the middle of the field. But Aiden has been on that roster for, I believe this is his third season, not getting a ton of playing time when you got the likes of, you know, Tom Corcoran and all the, the players of old that were in their prime playing in front of him when he's a younger college student, but now he's, he's one of the, the guys. And yep. I, I was excited to see him play when they came to play us. And I thought he had a fantastic game against us in the first leg. And in this one, he, you know, he, he just got out of his own head and, and did some foolish things and, and that's the price you pay. Um, but to, to, to go on the flip side of that coin, <laughs> um, uh, I chuckle because selfishly, it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna hang a loss of six to one on any team in our conference, and you asked any one of the players who they would want it to be, who do you <laughs> who do you think they would say they'd want to hang a six to one victory on? Oh, for sure. Nobody's <laughs> saying nobody's saying Aris. No, absolutely not. Because that's expect because <laughs> that's expected, right? Yep. Um, this is not expected, and it's. But it's also the, a statement victory that we needed. I mean, it's now three seasons in a row in the North Conference where we've ended with a statement victory, and two of the last three have been in Duluth. So yeah. it's it's just showing that we if we're if we want to win championships in our conference, that's the team we have to do it against, and you have to do it with a statement. And that's what happened on this one. I mean, and people are going to say, "Oh, it was only versus ten men." That's not our fault. Our, and and some people will say we ran the score up. Well, that's what you do against against <laughs> your bitter rival. You it's not it's not our fault that they went down to ten men, and we're not going to be apologetic about it. Our job is to score as many goals as possible, and that's what we did. You love to see it. So, John, you put together a couple keys to victory last <clears throat> week. Let's measure up how we did. Uh, first one was put a hat on uh, on Warden. I think we were. This is the only game he has not scored in. And I don't think he had any dangerous chances. His 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 shot from distance did create the goal scoring chance for them off the crossbar. I think if it was a little bit lower, that's something that Matt Eller just catches. Um, so I, I don't think that he was he was dangerous at all. I th- I thought that um, the one thing that 
to equalize him that that our, our defensive center pairing of Jack Barry and Max Kent did was they did a really good job of communicating who was tracking back with him into the midfield and they denied him his turn, which is what other teams don't do. They allow him to kind of meander his way across the back line and check back through so he can turn and go at players or they lose track of him altogether. And he, and he's in there for deflections, rebounds. So I thought they did a really good job. So I'll say we definitely did that. The second one test uh, goalkeeper Dally early. I mean, I think we did. Um, I think he made a a couple of really good saves in the first half, but not as Mm -hmm. many as uh, I think I would have liked to see. I think Will Kidd had a, a clear goal scoring opportunity that he saved um, that was that tested him early. But in the first matchup, we didn't really test him until the second half. And that's when we were kind of put on our back foot because he was making fantastic saves and we really needed those goals to happen. Um, yeah. Obviously in the second half down to 10 men, he was hung out to dry like a clothesline. We really couldn't do anything. Um, and uh, it, you know, he's, he's was constantly under pressure, but I don't think we test him as early as I would like to see, but we did. Um, and then just do what it takes. And that's what I just mentioned. It's not our fault. They got a red card. Um, it, it's our job to just win that game. And as soon as there's 40 minutes left in, in a matchup between two of the, the Titans in this conference, uh, you, uh, you just do what it takes to win. And we did. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal, John coming out of that. And just this over this holiday weekend, uh, where it's been great for Minneapolis City, what we got to do is we look around the NPSL North and the NPSL in general because of this victory is it is very important to mention now that Minneapolis City is the only undefeated, undrawn team in the NPSL right now. The With entire two country. Games two games yep, left. Two games <laughs> left. Well, former three-point-per-game teams like Milwaukee Torrent, they got pillaged by the Carpathians four to nothing over the holiday weekend and Baltimore's storied Christos uh, team were played to a stalemate by Northern Virginia last week. And that means, yeah, with two games to go, even though we have the North conference locked, there is still the number one seed in the country to play for, which is amazing. And I don't even know what that means (laughs) for, for in the, for the sake of the playoffs, but it feels very, very cool because this is, when we first joined the NPSL, you know, we were looking at the Clevelands. We were looking at the uh, Detroit, you know, the Detroit cities, right? And, yeah, and just New being York, like, "Wow, New York, New York Cosmos, <laughs> the Cosmos for sure." The Cosmos were somehow in the NPSL. We're looking at these teams like, "Holy shit, they haven't lost or drawn. They are amazing. How are we going to survive if we go up against these guys in the playoffs?" And now we're those teams. How sweet is that? I mean, it's really nice, but again, the soccer realist in me is like the job's not finished because we still have two games to play Um, and two difficult games, you know, like games that could, could catch us. So we have to continue to perform. I know the guys are up for it, but when you, when you look at a a power ranking and you, and you see Minneapolis city on top of 92 teams across the country, some people will say, well, that conference isn't very good. And my answer to that is, well, then come join it and see how hard it is to win. <clears throat> it, it is very hard to win in our conference. Um, they could also say the same thing about their own conferences. So I, I'm not going to be that one to be like, oh, you know, the, the Jacksonville Armada uh, U23 team is, is 12 wins and one, and one loss. But, it, but their conference isn't very strong as you get to the bottom half of it. I'm not going to say that because it's, it's not true. Um, but our conference is hard to win in and it's hard to get the goal differential that we have in because so many teams play direct, they have goal scorers. You know, if you look at the history, you got guys like Farrar and Jay Johnson. Um, you look at now, now you got, you know, players on the lower half of the, of the, of the bracket in, um, Tyler Limmer, who's a goal scorer. Um, Mm -hmm. you got Pike, both Pikes from, uh, from Dakota and Eris. You have um, Wait, you know, there are e- two pikes. Yeah, you have Eway from from St. Louis Park. Um, you got you got Warden. You got Westfield. You have all these great goal scorers in our conference, and to only give up seven, and then to see us score forty goals with two games left to go, is is amazing. You know, it's 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 showing the like I talked about when the, in the UPSL 
breakdown. The fruits of our labor of building these rosters and getting the right atmosphere and team culture together across the club and like getting everyone to buy in because there's a lot of guys that aren't getting a lot of minutes and and all these guys are used to being the man somewhere along their soccer journey and now maybe they aren't but when they get called on they perform and that's really hard to 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 put together and being 10 and 0 with a perfect record and and the 33 goal differential is is very impressive no matter where you play in the country yeah so looking down, John, at the rest of the table, just as we predicted going into the end of the season, we've got two games left. Some other teams only have one. Um, there is a real fight for the number two spot between Duluth and Med City again. And, and City could again play spoiler to one of these teams. You look at what's left for Duluth. They wrap the season at Dakota and at home against Sioux Falls. Feels pretty cush. Med City finishing, although Sioux Falls did stun D- Duluth, um, mm-hmm on the on the reverse fixture handing them one of their losses so that's kind of amazing i mean you uh, can potentially City, you could potentially see a uh, a freak draw out of one of those games you totally. could i'm not saying it's going to happen but you could yeah and med city they finished three games in nine days against eris and us so if we if we win out finishing our season totally undefeated um we or even if we draw that last game, we probably spoil Med City's chances at a playoff spot, and that's kind of returning the favor for the for the gift that we gave them by giving up that that last game victory to them uh, yep. in 2019 that kicked Duluth out of the playoffs, and then we went on to beat Med City in the in the play-in game and and so on and so forth. But uh, still, Med City's got Med City's got a shot, but an unlikely shot. Looks like the top two teams of this this league are going to be Minneapolis City and Duluth. Well, here's the thing to think about, too, is a lot of people are like, well, Minneapolis City, why didn't you join the NISA Independent Cup? And uh, and my answer to that is because that happens during this time of year. So when you said that Med City finishes with three games in nine days, it's actually five games in nine days with a reschedule because they have to play the um, they have to play the Aris game over again because of some weird NPSL bullshit that happened. Um, and oh, then, for real? So the calendar yeah. online isn't 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 mm. uh, accurate. No. no, they're playing on a Tuesday. So, um, <laughs> so they're playing on a Tuesday and then on a Wednesday, and then they play in the Nisa Independent Cup. So that's the reason why we didn't play in the Nisa Independent Cup is because one, the travel, so we didn't want to pay for the travel because it was expensive, but two, because we wanted to try to do something special this year outside of our conference. And if we're going to, if we're going to have the, the, the firepower to do that, we can't be off playing in a cup competition during, during the end of our season and the beginning of the playoffs. So you look at med city who I think the cracks in that foundation started to happen after we beat them in that convincing victory when they were ranked fourth in the country and we were at the top of the country, that, that was the defining moment where the depth on that roster started to wane and you could see it starting to happen. Then they Mm -hmm. end up dropping two to Duluth. Uh, and, and just kind of that free fall after that and only getting, you know, we'll talk a little bit about joy in, in, in a second, but only getting a one near one zero victory against joy of the people at home uh, or sorry, on the road off of an own goal like that. that they were lucky some, to get that. I was there. They were lucky to get that victory. Yeah. So <clears throat> unfortunately, I don't think they have they have the horses in the stable this year to be able to compete in the playoffs. But like we said, Duluth could have a freak draw in there. It. it you never know. This conference is weird. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, John, remind me, dude, I don't remember how this works. And maybe it's because we've never really had to figure it out. But how do the NPSL playoffs work? Like, um, we need to, will we need to play the second seed in the conference again to advance? Or no, just no. is the first overall seed in the country good enough to get us a nice buy or something in, in the opening play in <clears> round? I think even if we were to drop points in the last two, say we tie, we tie one of our last two games um, or even tie both of them and drop two points or, and, and only collect two points out of that. I think that gives us enough to get a buy in our region, depending upon what like the Cleveland's of the world do and the Well, if, if we, I'm looking at the standard now. So if the torrent, I have one loss and then Cleveland has a tie so we're really fighting against cleveland for that um for that that overall buy into the semifinal. but there's an opportunity for us 
if we were to lose at one of those games and then say everything goes wrong and we lose and we draw uh, or we lose both, then we would be fighting against the Torrent and Cleveland for a buy into the conference semifinal, which would mean that we would have to then play possibly Duluth or Duluth, Carpathia, or the Pittsburgh Hotspurs uh, in, in a first-round matchup to, at a to-be-determined location. So the narrative of that story is just fucking win out and <laughs> and and don't worry about whatever what, anything else. Just win out. Mm-hmm. And I think that is just supporting kind of what I said earlier, that with the only totally victorious team in the country – we're in the driver's seat here. We just got to keep winning. So good luck for yeah. that. Absolutely. Business as usual, man. Take care of our for, own. And for real. So up, speaking about taking care of it, up next for City is a visit from Crosstown Upstarts, Joy Athletic. John, Joy has shown some flashes of promises here, especially early in the season. They're attacking three of Whitney Brown, Emmanuel Iwe, and Philip Caputo. We're the most dangerous front three in the conference for a little bit, I believe. Uh, and since then, I feel like, Participation and consistency in the attack in the attack has fallen off. Uh, <laughs> last we saw Whitney Brown, he was playing for FC Minneapolis against MC2 in those UPSL playoffs, which was an interesting development. Uh, meanwhile, his NPSL team was playing in Sioux Falls. Uh, yeah, Washburn, yeah, Washburn product Darley Florville has filled in well for the missing Whitney Brown, but his style kind of competes with with Eways who hasn't looked super comfortable on, on that left side of the attack in, in a few weeks. Uh, we've really been missing, they've really been missing him. And, and I heard as much as I stat, sat in the stands last night in the joy game. And most ominously last night in St. Louis park, joy couldn't manage to stock a full bench. And this, this was their last home game, right? You hope they want to show up. You hope they want to have some pride. And they only had, I think four or five guys on the bench, which is a little worrisome. Yeah, and this is the stuff I talked about in the beginning stages of the season and even before the season we were doing our kind of preview. <clears throat> it's no slight on, on on Joy at all, but it's the reality of this level of soccer is if there's a couple different factors. One, if your team's not necessarily doing the best, there's really not a lot of motivation to turn up, right? Like you're like, yep. well, fu- fuck this. I'm just going to go train for my college season or, or whatever. The other side of it is if the organization isn't, isn't completely doing everything for its players and you haven't created that environment where people want to continue to fight for things, even if it's not going well, um, you see that it, Sioux Falls Thunder are a great example of it. Not necessarily ever competing for a title, but they always come out and always scrappy, every, always come out and compete in every single game. They never come into town with 13 players and they're always fully socked. Um, unless someone gets a red card or something like that weird happens. Um, it's just the learning curve of being part of this level of soccer. It's, it's not easy to figure out. We learned it in our first season. We've had to, we, we learned it in 2019 where we go to Detroit with 13 players in the playoff game. Like we just know that this is how this shit works. And Mm -hmm. for joy, this is their first season and they're seeing it. And like I said, it's no slight on them. It's just, it's just the stuff that happens and the cracks in that foundation are there's some cracks in it. Um, however, it's an in-town game versus us who is, you know, a, a rival of sort. Uh, I, I do believe that Duluth and Med City are more rivals than joy because it, it's a historic thing. Um, but being in the backyard, you may see some more players more willing to try to play against us um, than a Sioux Falls or Dakota or Med City. Yeah. So you never know what you're going to get, but I, 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 it's unfortunate, but it's just the reality of this level of soccer. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I think all that said about the, about the difficulties of me maintaining a, a team and an attitude and a culture throughout a full season, we should also be ready for this team's best because city brings mm-hmm. out the top effort in teams and joy did come out yep. to an early lead in our last meeting. So what yep. are the keys to victory for this final home game? where we have talked about it, we still need those points. We still need to keep winning. I think, number one, we talked about it in our game against uh, lacrosse, play the complete game. I don't think we've done it yet. And I mentioned it with MC2. I don't think we've done it yet. Uh, we, we have to come out, and, and regardless of what's in front of us, whether it be a 10-man Duluth or a full-strength 
joy of the joy athletic we have to come out and play our best um from here on out there's no if ands or buts about it we got to come out and play from the moment the whistle blows there's no patented city slow start it's it's dialed in it's it's getting after it and i think number two is finding different ways to score i think that we've scored 40 goals that's very impressive but as we move into more knockout soccer and we move into not knowing what, what's on the other side of the field from us, we're going to have to figure out ways, different ways to, to get on the score sheet. And I think this is an absolutely perfect game against whatever joy may throw at us, full strength, half strength, low strength, whatever it is. Um, we need to continue to, to refine our attack to find different ways to score. And I think number, number three is just keep the pedal down. Um, we cannot at this point in the season start to get complacent. Um, and I, I mentioned that in the first point of playing the complete game, but overall, regardless of if we're playing the complete game, never downshift into a different gear because of what the scoreline could potentially be. We got to continue to move forward because it, we're, we're getting to that point where the, the stars are aligning for maybe some special things here and we cannot stop now. So kickoff, 7 p.m. at the Nelly. Is that correct, or is that six? Seven, six. Great point. I think it's I think it's seven because of the two earlier games or the earlier uh, programming. But I will double check. Uh, so just head on over to mplscitysc.com and you will find that out. But anyways, head on over to the Nelly this Saturday. Um, you can go to that exact same web address and get tickets to the last in-town derby, last home game of the season right now and we hope to see you there on saturday you're right and six six p.m <clears throat> not seven six we'll say it one more time six p.m mm -hmm. six minute uh, abs the six minute abs six p.m start <clears throat> that is all for this week's show folks thank you as always to our show sponsor footballstadiumprince.com summer is here it's almost over so you can go out in public again I know. I'm sorry. I, I mean, it, you look at a calendar. It, we're almost middle of July. Summer's almost over, Nate, whether you like it or not. Um, <clears throat> um, but it's, you know, it's time you can kind of go out in public again. I don't I think COVID's over. might have come back. I don't know. I don't work for the CDC. Um, but it's high time that you were seen repping your favorite club in a truly unique way. So head on over to footballstadiumprince.com and grab yourself a new T-shirt or three or five featuring some amazing amazing stadium prints from some of the greatest stadiums in soccer, including the Nelly, Edor Nelson Field, the home of the Crows. Um, and shirts aren't all. You can get prints. If you're on those Zoom meetings, you hang up in the background. You get coffee mugs, notebooks, all sorts of stuff. And what's better, City fans can head on over to footballstadiumprints.com and use the code CROWS10 and save 10% on your orders. That's CROWS10, and you can rock the home of the Crows and the rest of your other favorite stadiums on a shirt, on your walls, on your mugs, on your notebooks, whatever, anywhere. Thanks again to our friends at footballstadiumprints.com. And remember, footballstadiumprints.com may be overseas, but know that all U.S. orders ship right from the U.S. There's no additional shipping charges, which is awesome. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give back to the club that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that, that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game, like through the Futures Program Scholarship Fund. We can load that up, help, help the young kids pay for some good soccer. So consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. The regular season is coming to an end so there has to be some juice that you want us to squeeze on this show before the playoffs <laughs> begin. So, so get some questions in people. Send us mail. It's easy to do. You can hit us up at the club or uh, on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. We just answered one from resident content contributor Brent Jank last week. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can complain to the club. Dan loves it at MPLSCDSC on Twitter. Thank you for joining us tonight on this week's show. That does it. I am John. That was Nate. Join us for our last regular season home game this weekend. We'll, we'll have all the trophies that have been won in the past two weeks on display and some halftime recognition for some of our, <laughs> mem 
and some of the and some halftime recognition for some of the members of, of our first ever class of the futures program so don't be a dummy come join us we'll see you at the nelly friends and you got hooked john you know like when you go to vegas and or like cancun and you like order a bunch of shots and there's like some flair bartender that like lines up all the martini glasses on top yes. of each other and pours the shots down and they go down like a waterfall that's what yes. it's going to be like right with our cups yes 100 percent. Okay. okay cool get hooked <laughs> uh we ended at 69 minutes nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs>